You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. Here's your host, Dan Healy, also known as at the Miami Heat UK. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Heat, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I'm your host, Dan Healy. Before we come into today's episode, please can I point everybody in the direction of the website, www.miamiheatsuk.com. We have just added another new contributor, uh, Phil Morgan, uh, another UK Heat uh, fan. He's going to be doing some writing for us throughout the season next year, so plenty of content to come from him. And I also p- picked up the pen myself for the first time in a very long time uh, after the Drew holiday trade to Milwaukee. I wrote an article about what that means for the Heat's pursuit of Giannis next year. So uh, check that out and see what you think. That's uh, MiamiHeatUK.com. And on to today's episode. And I'm delighted to have with me the host of the Hardwood Hoops podcast. It's Mr. Liam Horsley. Liam, how you doing, mate? Hi, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I'm a bit tired after last night's long draft, but looking forward to chatting some uh, some precious Achua. Yeah, brilliant. And um, yeah, I really, really appreciate you coming on because I know you're a UK-based fan and you are a draft fanatic. So I um, fell asleep. I didn't mean to fall asleep, but I fell asleep around the 10th, 11th pick last night. So I actually missed our pick. <laughs> but you, you, you saw through to, was it something like 5 a.m.? Your time, yeah, it, yeah, about then, yeah. So about pick 40, I think, 41, something like that. And then that I is, uh, started to call it a night after that point. Yeah, I'll call it a morning as it was such. Yeah, sure. But uh, that is incredible. So, uh, yeah, big draft fanatic. I'm thrilled to have you on. And we are going to, uh, yeah, chat some of the Heat's 20th pick, our brand new Ricky. And this is the first time I'm pronouncing his name live. Precious Achua. Yes, <laughs> that, that's right. Is that anything Precious like Achua. right? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, it's probably one of the best names in the draft, to be fair. Well, we are good at doing this because obviously we've had we've had Bam, uh, Bam yeah. Adebayo. Then there was lots of talk last season about is it Tyler Hero or is it Tyler Hero, um, and now we've got Precious, and uh, already <laughs> we've got um, we've got people like Andre Guadala tweeting saying, uh, yeah, I'm just going to call him P. So perhaps that's uh, perhaps that's the way to go. So um, yeah, um, obviously I'm really happy to have you on. Uh, I from what I've seen, um, which I don't. Ex- um, I don't call myself any sort of draft expert. I've done a little bit of digging and I've done obviously a bit of research since we've made the pick. I was aware of Precious beforehand. I'd seen very limited amount, but I don't watch college basketball, so I'm no expert by any means. But from what I've seen and what I've read, um, I think that he have done good business here. Now, um, you will know a bit more. First question, we've picked him at 20. And uh, from what I read... People are quite surprised that he dropped that low. Was he expected on your um, sort of analysis to be picked winner? Did you expect him to go higher than that? Yeah, I did expect him to go a bit higher. So I had him at uh, 15 on my board. So that's obviously five picks higher. Uh, and on consensus boards, he goes from anywhere between pick 12 to pick 16, 17. So yeah, for him to be there at 20 for you guys was a little bit of a shock, mm. uh, especially with the rumours before the draft. There was a lot of rumours he was rising on people's boards. Uh, so to get him at 20 is not a huge deal, um, but definitely a good steal in the draft and probably a few picks better than he should have been. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, same same sort of thing I've read. So that's good. And um, obviously the main thing is he fulfills a need that Miami are sort of crying out for. Obviously we've got Bam Adebayo, um, but we do lack a bit of height. We do lack bigs uh, in our roster. We've got uh, all likelihood Myers Leonard probably not going to be coming back next year. Um, obviously we've got Kelly Olynyk who has just opted in to his new uh, to his player option for next season but that doesn't necessarily mean he's staying there's a, a reasonable chance we could be looking to trade Kelly um so we we lack a bit of height we lack a bit of um uh, a bit of presence on the on the big side so it does fulfill a need so um what what can the heat fans expect from your analysis um what's what's good what's the pros let's go through for uh, for precious what can heat fans be excited for yeah well i'll start with the the need in terms of size so He's six foot, six foot nine, then he's six foot ten with a seven foot two wingspan. So he fits that sort of Bam Adebayo mold as well for, for what you guys like in your bigs. Um, uh, he's very quick as well, which helps. He's he's not one of these bigs, you know, that just launders in the paint and kind of a bit slow footed. He's very very quick and he's got good strength for someone who's he's not small. <laughs> Trust me, six foot yeah. nine is not small, but uh, he can bang against seven footers quite well. Um, and what I found quite impressive about him, he was a freshman at Memphis. Uh, and he yep. still averaged 16 points and 10 rebounds. So he's getting a double-double uh, at a young age um, against people that are obviously seniors in, in college. So that, that impressed me, first of all. Uh, and in terms of his strength, so like I said, he's quite quick. He's got good strength. But mainly, he, it's his defensive skills. So he's one of the best defenders in this whole draft. He, he's a big guy, like I said, but he can guard anyone from one through five. Mm. There's, been, there's been many games. They had two buzzer beaters, actually, that the other team didn't get, where the guard switched on to precious in pick-and-roll situation. Uh, and Precious kind of guarded him, didn't bite on a pump fake, uh, and then either blocked one shot, and then the other shot they just completely missed. Precious was kind of draped all over him. Uh, and they're the kind of situations you can see from him. He'll guard anyone through, like I said, from five through one. That That's his main strength. Uh, in terms of offensively, uh, he's more of a pick-and-roll player, so he's going to roll to the basket quite hard. He can be a good finisher around the rim, because like I said, he's very quick and strong. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he does like to shoot, um, Sometimes a little bit too much. We'll get onto that on the weaknesses, but yeah. uh, he can develop that, and that's something that will scare defenders when you've got someone who can be so quick off the pick and roll and drive to the basket. But they can also then stand still and shoot in the mid range. That gives you, you guys a bit of a second option where someone like Olinick is going to want to shoot from three every time. Someone like Precious can kind of do a bit of both, so it gives you a bit more of a, a mixture on offense. But I would say looking at him overall, you're going to look at his defensive attributes first and say that. He got one of the best players in the draft defensively. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that's when um, I was just looking at Pat Riley on the phone to him straight after the draft and saying that he said to him, look, we're thrilled with this. We, we feel like we've got one of the best players in the draft, one of the best athletic players in the draft. And that's something that he do love. I mean, you look at Bam, everyone seems to want to replicate that Bam model already. Teams just seem to want uh, another th- to find the next Bam out of bio. Um, so in that he's only in his third year. So that's quite incredible. And it looks like the Heat have picked up maybe Bam 2.0 here, because as you said, yeah, six foot nine, seven, po- uh, seven foot two wingspan. That's exactly the same as Bam. Very agile, very versatile very athletic this is all uh, sounding very familiar um, and a great a great defensive talent uh, and very good in transition so it's exactly it doesn't have that maybe the playmaking uh, just yeah, yet that uh, not the same passer as a bam that, that's a no. yeah, bam's probably the best or well no not the best because of Jokic, but probably the second or third best passer big man in the league uh, yeah. that's something that pressure struggles with but on the athletic side and defensive side he's almost built in a very very similar mold like you said yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, so. So, do you think that you've said there you can sort of play one through five? Do you think that we're going to see 
Because when you look at the rookies uh, in recent years with Bam and with um, with Tyler Hero, Bam's obviously spent a lot of time in his first year behind behind Hassan Whiteside and and then got a lot more minutes in his second year and then obviously third year full blown starter and went from strength to strength. Uh, Tyler Hero uh, sort of just went straight in, uh, fluid straight into the team, had an important role. What do we expect from Precious? Do we think he's just going to be playing some Bam minutes when he's off when Bam's resting, or do you think that they will play together, or, or do we not think we're going to see much of him at all? Very limited amount um, from the heat this year? Uh, well, I think a lot of it depends, like you said earlier, with the trade sort of rumours flying around. Uh, there's a hell of a lot of rumours, aren't there, in the NBA and the heat <laughs> are never, never far behind on the rumour <laughs> front with Pat Riley. Um, but if the, the roster remains similar to what you've got now and what you had last year, if uh, Jay Crowder and stuff comes back, yep. I think they'll try and play them together. Uh, that would be my only worry with the pick, is that playing, he's a very good player and you want to you want to pick someone at 20 who will play for you if you're a yeah. team that wants to contend. Um, and I I think they can play together, but I think it's going to take time to work around the offense. Uh, yeah. I think that they're going to need to learn how to play together in terms of they like to take up very similar spaces on the, on the block. Uh, mm-hmm. And when Bam comes out, that's the same sort of areas that Precious likes to come out and do a bit of um, screen and roll action. So yeah. they'll need to learn to play together. But in terms of the way that you guys play, if Jake Crowder doesn't come back or he's not playing for whatever reason, you could put these two together and they could anchor your defense. So there'd be absolutely no worries playing these two with, with like people like Hero and if Dragic plays and obviously Jimmy. Uh, that would be a very good five. It's just working them on the offensive end. But I think you know what Spoh's like. He's one of the best play callers in the league. So I think he'll, yeah. he'll, be, he'll try and teach them from day one to play together. So I think initially you'll see him replace Bam a lot. Uh, and then when he plays, he'll be a little bit of a... Uh, defensive stopper and maybe not as involved in the offense and as the season goes you like to see some growth and maybe they can kind of get them playing together a bit more offensively yeah I, th- I think that's probably right and I-, I expect him to make an impact this year well not not impact is maybe the wrong word but I think we're, we're going to see a lot more um, of pressures than we did of people like um, obviously Chris Silver had his moments in the beginning of the season but really dropped off um, mm-hmm. Kelly Olynyk was in and out obviously Maz Leonard started uh, every game up till his injury and then he, he fell out the rotation and then of course the only other big we've got on the books is UD who's not going to play he's just going to be there for his coaching presence etc so yeah I expect to see, see quite a lot of pressure so coming on to um, some of the negatives maybe some things that um, his game laps um, shooting obviously is a is a bit of an issue from what I've read can you tell us a bit more about that yeah so the weaknesses are really all only offense um, which is yep. good when you're picking someone to, to, <laughs> yeah. to defend you guys have got enough players that shoot people like Robinson and Perro. <laughs> you kind of need to, to stop people on the other end and um, so weakness wise the, the issue is it's not so much he doesn't. He does like to shoot three pointers, um, but the problem is he actually likes to shoot them too much. Sometimes he still thinks that he's a three because that's where he started <laughs> at, at Memphis. Uh, and funny enough, it was only when James Wiseman, who was earlier in the draft, got suspended that they then moved him to the center. Before that, he used to play stretch four or play three at times. So he likes to shoot a little bit too much for someone who's not consistent enough. So I think the Heat will want to kind of train him out of that. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of how he shoots, the only issue really is he's got a bit of a poor touch and that is more mechanics. Um, it's something that a lot of experts believe you can train him out of. It's just his legs go all over the place a little bit. He's not very consistent with where he keeps his legs. Uh, and that kind of led to him being 60% on the free throw line uh, and then 30% from floaters, which is a shot he likes to take. But if you're yeah. hitting 30% from a shot you like to take, you probably shouldn't take it as much. Um, but a lot of that is literally just mechanics and the way that uh, Memphis played offensively. They put him in 
a load of 1v1 situations that a team like the Heat won't do with, obviously, Jimmy Butler and Bam. Um, but, yeah, that's things you guys can coach out. If you've got a good shooting coach, you can kind of fix that. Uh, and then the only other thing would be um, to develop his offensive game be passing-wise. Yeah. He needs to develop swing passing and kind of pass into the left-hand side of the court. That's something he struggles a little bit with, whereas someone like Bam, he doesn't struggle at all with that. So if you're replacing Bam and you want the offense to run the same when he's not off the uh, when he's not on the court, Precious needs to develop that kind of side of his game just to just to help the team out really when Bam's not playing. Yeah, uh, no, that's good. And uh, yeah, I think um, I think the only other uh, thing that was sort of mentioned that. I think the Heat will help with his. He needs to maybe put on a few pounds as well. I think he's maybe twenty pounds too light. They reckon they can get they can get him halfway there pretty quickly, um, to, which will, which will help his game as well. But yeah, I mean there couldn't be better options in terms of coaching to get that shooting and passing ability uh, set up than than it would be with with the Heat coaching system. So it's exciting. Now I know that you've just done a very long podcast, which I can't wait to listen to. Uh, drafting all of the heat uh, sorry all of the nba draft last night which is incredible after any uh, after staying up for till 5 a.m so i absolutely applaud you for that um give us a quick spoiler on uh, on what you graded precious uh so i think i gave precious a b um okay i think if it would have been to another team who didn't have a bam then it would have been an a in that range just because i think he's really good value but like again i just want to see the fit of him playing together with someone like that. He's never really done that before. He's been the only player of that sort of size and sort mm. of stature that, that plays. And when he succeeds, it was with a lot of smaller players. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I gave it a B. My co-host, uh, I believe he gave it a C plus. He said Achua is one of the favourite players in the whole of the draft for him, but he just thinks he's worried that he'll sit on the bench behind Bam too much. Um, mm, okay. And he kind of, he loves pressure so much that he doesn't want him just to sit on the bench for the year. But I think, and listening to a few other experts that, the Heat will try and play them together more than, than he thinks. So, yeah, I gave it a B, which is quite good when you're getting yeah. to, to the pick 20 range. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll take a B for a pick 20. That's decent. So, um, now, I, I, I read that uh, there was a few analysts that were saying, like, match the player who is most like, and I think I saw a James Johnson and a, a Harold that was in there. Um, he actually thinks he's closely matched to someone like Kawhi. That's who he wants to be. So, he's reaching for the stars, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, what, what, do, what do you think, Liam? What's, uh, what's his closest match to what we've seen in the NBA at the moment? Um, yeah, uh, Kawhi is definitely um, an optimistic guess um, <laughs> by him, but that is his personality. That's one thing we didn't quite touch on. That when the Heat were coming up and we we're on pick 13, 14, and he hadn't gone yet, I knew that the Heat were going to take him because he is the perfect personality. That's something we haven't really touched on yet, but I wanted to mention because he fits your culture perfectly. He's just like a Jimmy Butler, he's just like a Bam, he's just like a Dragic. He works really hard, he kind of has a lot of confidence in himself, but not arrogance. You know, like a Jimmy Butler really believed that. He could Brilliant. win you games. He could beat LeBron, all that. That's the same mindset that Precious has. Uh, in terms of comparisons, uh, it's difficult. I do get the Montrez sort of idea with the way he runs the floor. You, if you've ever watched the Clippers play and the way that mm. Montrez gets up and down and almost how much he hustles and how hard he works rebounding, that is very, very similar to Precious. But they do play very differently in terms of offensively. Uh, James Johnson is not bad on the offensive end. They do play very similarly. Um, so yeah, maybe a cross between the two that you mentioned, but I would say more similar to Montrez, but you add in that he is definitely way, way better defensively. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's fantastic. And it's, it's really unusual because um, Heat Twitter have a bit of a thing on every draft night where 
they just kick off the last two that they've had with uh, with with Bam Adebayo and with Tyler Hero is there was just no projection of either of these players coming and everybody preferred somebody else. Um, so after last night and after the last couple of years of it just being a real shitstorm after after draft night, everybody seems to be on the page. Everyone's bought into uh, to to Precious and this, as you just said there, this heat culture that he's going to hopelessly seamlessly slip into. So I am all in. I am I am all for this draft, which is something that is uh, very unusual, as I said, for for Heat Twitter to agree on a draft pick, which is a bit scary. Um, before we come on to one other thing, um, obviously now we've got a a draft or a class of undrafted players um is there anybody that you think that did go undrafted at all that you think might get snapped up by anybody in particular but um maybe the heat might have an eye on uh no not really not now so a lot of the main moves were kind of made this morning yeah um with a couple of guards so there's not really anybody that a team like the heat are in, are in a bit of a win now mode that you'd like to pick up there's a few yeah. players that that maybe someone like a Knicks or someone who just wants to give it a bit of a swing for the fences. But yeah. in terms of the heat, I don't think there's anybody left really that would impact your team. I think you're too good already to, to warrant kind of spending yeah. that extra roster spot on someone else. Yeah, no, that's, that's a fair comment. Um, so let's just come on now. We're about to go on to, into free agency and uh, the heat. I've got a few players uh, that um, there's lots of question marks over. Um, I think a lot of people are pretty optimistic. We're going to see Goran Dragic and Jay Crowder back. Um, with this move now, um, there's maybe a lot more question marks over Derek Jones Jr. because um, he is a similar sort of player, you know, quite gives us a bit of height, very athletic, not the best yeah. shooter, but it is an area that his game has improved. Is he now a bit more expendable? Do we think that Derek Jones will re-sign with Miami or do you think now with this pick, um, it's more leaning towards we could see the end of Derek Jones in his heat career? Uh, I think you're more likely to see the end kind of to do this pick and also kind of to for your need to to keep that max uh, cap space open. I don't think Derek Jones Jr. is going to want to take a one-year deal. He's going to want no. a longer-term deal. And I don't think you want to be throwing money at someone that will probably be a worse player than Precious Achua. I know he's more experienced at this point, but mm. in terms of when you look at Precious in a few years and they're, they're the same, uh, same age, Precious will be a lot further forward, I think, especially on the defensive end. So for me, okay. I think that you could, you could see him leave. Um, but whether you could sign and trade him in some sort of big package as someone who might want a young player, that's another option. But for me, I don't think you'll get much playing time with, with the likes of Precious. And if you keep Jay Crowder, which I think you will do, because he was very important to you, wasn't he, last season? Yes. Yeah, no, I think that, um, I think Derek, uh, sorry, I think uh, Goran Dragic and Jay Crowder, I think will be almost certainly through the door next year. I think that's the, the noises that we're hearing. But yeah, the more I hear and what you've just put there is perfectly summed up to everything else I've heard. Um, and I you've don't got think... the Gallinari rumours as well. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> is this funny. is true. Yes. So, um, mm, I mean, I think we might, there might be an offer there, but personally, I just think that Derek will probably get an offer somewhere else from one of these uh, lesser teams or, you know, like a Cleveland, yeah. a Detroit, something like that, that will probably throw a, a bigger money offer at him. And I don't think the heat will match it. And that may seem signal the end, but, um, Okay, now uh, you are a Dallas Mavericks fan, and of course you have uh, picked up a Heat favourite, former Heat favourite in Jay Rich. Um, what did you make of that trade? Are you happy with that, or are you sad to see Seth go? Um, what do you think on that? Uh, uh, well, I was slightly, if I'm, well, 
Looking at it now, I'd be slightly sad to see, to see uh, Seth go. I knew said Steph Curry then. I wish we had Steph Curry. <laughs> um, but we just drafted Tyrell Terry at 31, um, probably about two or three minutes before that trade was announced. Uh, and Tyrell Terry is basically the perfect comparison to Seth Curry. So after that pick was made and then they announced the Curry trade for, um, for Richardson, you could see what they were thinking because Tyrell Terry is just a younger version. He's probably the best shooter in the whole of the draft. Uh, and mm. for me, that was one of my favourite picks. Obviously, I'm a Mavs fan, so I'm biased. But him next yeah. to Luca was really special. So uh, I don't see him and Seth playing in a team together. They're too similar. So then when we traded Seth and we got back an extra pick and Richardson, like you said, yeah. for me, it was a really good trade. I like Richardson. He adds defence for us. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody knows he's one of the best sort of two, three defenders in the league in terms of like guarding the positions of the two and the three. Um, so I really like him. I'm not sure about his offense. I was going to ask you that question. Where do you think he fits into a team like us offensively? Is he a good enough shooter, you think? Um, I think he's a shooter that has improved, but um, he was never somebody you could particularly rely on. I mean, we had we had a, uh, a little spare uh, space where we decided to give him a little go at point guard in, in some games and it didn't really work. I think that during the clutch moments, he would never sort of come through. He would always make silly mistakes, stepping out of bounds and making the wrong pass and things like that. So I think offensively, he's a competent player. Um, I wouldn't call him a lights out shooter by any means. Um he can, he, you can rely on him. He's, he'll, he'll give you sort, sort of mid, mid-teens, you know, most games. Um, but defensively was where obviously he earns his stripes, and he was, uh, yeah. he was, he was missed for us on that, on that front. So I think you're right. I think that's a relatively fair trade um, because it, it fulfills a need that Philly had as well. We're getting Seth in. They obviously no secret their shooting was non-existent last year. So the fact they've added a couple of shooters now uh, with Seth Curry and. Um, um, uh, Danny, Danny Green, Green as well, Danny Green. Yeah, I think they've. I think they'll they'll be very happy with their business. I think they was one of the one of the winners last night uh, overall in their business. But um, yeah, completely agree with what you just said. I think you've got another good defensive player there, another solid NBA rotation player. Um, what do you think with the Mavs then next year? Because it's going to be a crazy West uh, next year. Um, yeah, well. I mean, Phoenix, uh, Timberwolves now with their first pick. Um, you know, Houston going the other way. We don't know now what's going to happen with Golden State with the uh, horrific news of of Clay looking like he's got a really bad injury again. Um, you know, prayers up for Clay. Um, wow. I mean, what, where do you see um, Mavs sort of pitching around next year? Have you got stronger? Uh, yeah, we've got stronger. Um, so we had the best offense ever in NBA history in terms of efficiency last year. Yeah. Uh, but defensively was a huge issue. Uh, and we added uh, a good 3 and D player in Josh Green in the first round of the draft. And then, like we said earlier, Josh Richardson. Uh, yeah. He is basically just known for pure defense. So to play him next to Luka Doncic kind of helps us a lot. Yeah. Uh, Porzingis is injured again which is a bit of a worry. He's back in January, so he'll miss the first two, three weeks of the season. So that, that's a worry, but he's always a worry. So for me, I think we have improved. Uh, we started last year really well and then tapered off a little bit towards the end. So I think we'll finish higher than last year. I've got us in at about the, the four or five spot. Uh, dependent. Yeah. The problem is if Luca misses any time, we won't finish four or five because he is, he is the offense. Uh, there's a lot of rumours, like I said earlier, that we're you're going after Gallinari and so are we. So if we get Gallinari for me, I'd be locking us into the sort of four seed range behind the, the two LA teams and the Warriors. Yeah. Um, but it's just come out now that Clay's injury is a, an Achilles tear and he's going to miss the whole season, including oh, the playoffs. Man. So that's yeah. really that's really sad. But if I was a Warriors fan as well, I'd be worried now thinking, oh, are we going to finish seven, eight, nine again? And mm. if we if Steph has a bit of time off as well. So that kind of throws the whole West back up into, into contention again. And the Clippers are a bit all over the place. So 
Yeah. For me, I think we'll go four or five. And if we sign Gallinari, I'd be even more confident. But it just depends what we give up for him. And, and if you guys can beat the offer, because I know it's it seems to be between uh, the Heat and the Mavs from everything you read. Yeah, that's right. I think I think it is. And um, I personally just think he will end up in Dallas. Uh, I think that fit, fit is very nice. Um, you know, yeah, to join all the other European stars out there. I think that's a that's, that's a really interesting um, franchise at the moment. So an exciting team. So we will see what happens. If the Miami Heat gonna... lost... Because yeah, I was going to say one more thing. You, I know you guys uh, love betting on this podcast. We do. Uh, and a Luka Doncic for M- MVP bet is a very, very good one. He's like fourth one. in, yeah, he's fourth in voting last year, but I think he's only third favorite in the betting odds. So for me, if he has, a, he, he's improved every year, and we saw in the playoffs how he carried the team. So I think that any Heat fans want to bet on a on a non Jimmy Butler bet or a non Bam <laughs> bet, then I think Luka Doncic might be a man for for that one for me. Yeah, there you go. That is a tasty tip there from Liam, and um, you have to you have to look at Liam's tips because uh, I see you win a, you won a bit of money last night on the on the draft. I didn't even know you could bet on the draft, and I saw you <laughs> posting winners here, there, and everywhere about what order with things come out, and I thought I didn't know about this. I would have had a bit of that. So uh, you had you 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 was a bit flush at the end of the night. Yeah, so I did. Um, I always bet on the draft, and I did a podcast with someone called James Plowright, who's a he's oh, a yes. Hornets fan, and he's a bit of a he's a very good draft expert to be honest yeah and we spoke about betting so he had eight bets and he went eight for eight so he got every single bet oh, uh, which is impressive i went five for seven and the main ones Excellent. i picked i picked one two three in the exact order and then i had one two three four in the exact order and then i had patrick williams and then someone else to go under the top 10 pick so my main bets all came in wow uh, you guys actually helped me with that because precious achura in the top 20 was one of the bets so. <laughs> oh, you're very um, welcome so, yeah, you guys helped me with that. So, yeah, it's quite a good night. Last year wasn't anywhere near as good. But, yeah, uh, okay. next year you'll have to remember Paddy Power, the best odds, and then Sky Bet on the day. They normally do some requester bets that people pick for, for who goes in what order. There you go. I will be all over that next year. So, uh, Liam, <laughs> thanks for joining me. I'll just ask you one last question. We just asked you there where you thought the Mavs would finish. Obviously, we have to end on a Miami Heat question. If we do run it back, um, which is now... I would say probably most likely there is a chance with Gallinari. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But I, I think um, I think Pat has already indicated that he would like to see this team run back now. Um, do you think that there's a chance we could repeat last year? Or do you think that that's a stretch and um, maybe the best we could hope for is sort of Eastern Conference finals, etc., which is what I have sort of been putting my indications out for next year. What's your thoughts as a non, as an unbiased non-Heat fan? Where, where are Miami going to finish next year? Yeah, well, I'm unbiased in one way, but I love Jimmy Butler too much to not have a little <laughs> bit of bias, uh, as you know. Um, I think you might be stronger in the regular season. Uh, I think your, your your depth is going to be really important against some of these other teams, uh, like the Bucks, for example. They're trading away. They've got no depth now. So I think teams like that are going to struggle. So I think you might have a better record. So you might be able to get yourself a better seeding, which this year, touch wood with coronavirus, it might mean that you can have actual home games in Miami. So that would help you. Yeah. But for me, I see you as a Eastern Conference semi-finalist at a bare minimum. Uh, and my only worry would be is if that was against the Nets, because Kevin Durant is the best player. In the world, so anyone who faces him is going to struggle. But if you go on the other side of the draw and you play the Bucks again, uh, or the Celtics, I'll be picking the Heat in that matchup. So yeah, semi-finalists if you play the Nets, but if not, I could see you going all the way to the Eastern Conference finals again. There you go. I think that's very fair. So um, brilliant. Liam, really appreciate you joining me uh, after a very, very late (laughs) night last night and then getting up and immediately going through a complete uh, hour and a half long podcast grading all the drafters. And it is a fantastic podcast. Before you go, please shout out um, your work over at Hardwood Hoops. 
Yeah, so you can follow us at, at underscore hybrid hoops on Twitter. Uh, all the links to our episodes are on there. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. All the usual stuff. And it's a a non-team specific podcast. So if you want to listen to to a bit of info about all the teams and all the drafts and free agents coming up, then we're going to have some real good content with with loads of good interviews as well. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, please do. It is fantastic. And uh, as you've heard, Liam certainly knows his stuff. So uh, yeah, as he said, non-team specific. So anybody who hasn't listened, go and check it out. It is a very, very good listen. Um, again, thanks very much, mate. We will uh, we'll come back. Um, we'll be back next week to do some more stuff. We'll uh, we'll find some content from somewhere. There will be an episode coming out next year. We'll find a, a guy over in the States to come and chat to us, see their thoughts as uh, hopefully we might have some Who knows? We might have some trade stuff to talk about. We'll see. But until then, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.